0: The NBA and NHL playoffs are in full swing. Who's still standing and where do we see things going from here? We'll discuss.
1: Just how good was the Steelers draft? We'll provide our thoughts and talk to Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette for his analysis. What were our
0: favorite
2: picks in the draft? Which ones had us scratching our heads? We'll put a final bow on the draft.
0: I'm Bob Anderson. I'm Dave Glass. And I'm Dave Herzing. Stay tuned as we discuss
1: these topics and more as we go... Under Review... On Connect FM, your only local news radio. And we're back for one of our favorite hours of the
2: week, and we're back at full strength. Boy, it sure is nice to have you back in the lineup, D. Hey,
0: thanks. Being back is the best. The loyal sons know that being back is the best, so I'm back, and I'm very happy to see both you guys as well.
2: Well, we're kicking things off again with the NFL draft. The dust has settled. We are going to put on a different hat, that of a writer tonight. I gave you guys a little homework assignment. I said, write a headline about the draft, any team, any player, any story. So uh, who wants to fire it up? I guess
1: I would say if I was a Detroit writer, I'd say, what are the Lions doing? (laughs) Do
2: you want to expound
1: upon that? I just don't understand. With with an offense like they had last year and the obvious problems they had on defense, to take a running back in the first round, to take any offensive player in the first round didn't make any sense. But to take a running back, because I am firmly, I've been... Even before the NFL got on this whole kick about not taking running backs too early, I was saying that they they really are, they're not quite a dime a dozen, but they're not as important to an offense as some of the other positions. And for Detroit to do that, I just, just did not understand that. Don't understand it. Maybe he'll end up being the next Barry Sanders. I kind of doubt it, but... Hey, you know, and that's the other thing we have to say. All this snap post-draft analysis is great, but we're not going to know for two or three years whether these things worked out. Somebody might have got a seventh-round pick we've never heard of that ends up being the next Tom Brady. I'm glad
2: you brought that up because 2019, people loved the Steelers draft. They took uh, Devin Bush, (laughs) and that didn't work out very well.
1: In fairness, though, Bush, his rookie year was pretty good, and then he got hurt, Right, and he was never the same after that. Now, I don't know if it's all because of that, but – You know, I I don't know about you, D, but I I saw some real promise in him as a rookie, and then he absolutely cratered after
0: that. Absolutely. And it's amazing what... What they've done now with a lot of the guys with their rehab and stuff like that, even though that was a few, that wasn't that long ago, it feels like it was a long, longer time ago than it was. And I, from what I had heard, you talked to people on the inside. I guess he really wasn't committed to that rehab, so that could have played a big part in as well. But he did have a nice rookie season, that's for sure. Did you have a headline from the drafty? I did actually. the The Philadelphia Bulldogs look to get back to the Super Bowl. So it's, uh, it's, it's really amazing to me when I was watching the draft and you, you, it was like, oh my gosh, they're going to take another Bulldog. Oh my God. And that's what they're doing. Uh, Howie Roseman, I think really loves Georgia players. And why wouldn't he? I mean, they, they're they're They've won the national title, you know, back to back. They have cream of the crop, five-star recruits. Uh, They, each of their last three first rounders were, were Georgia Bulldogs. So, and it's working for the Eagles. The Eagles are are loaded again. I don't see anybody in the NFC right now taking them out. So but that that'd be my headline.
2: (laughs) You stole the one for me. I said, my headline was the devil went down to Georgia only it was the Eagles instead. (laughs) It's funny because um, like you said, Two of their top three picks for, for Bulldogs last year, they took Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean. And then this year they took three more. I love their first round. They got Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. I mean, they're going to be a, a difficult defense to play against. And then they traded in the fourth round for DeAndre Swift, who guess guess where he went to school. Georgia. Yeah, which <laughs> so. is,
0: It's it's crazy. And it's funny. Um, a guy tweeted, I was actually looking at this the other day. He wrote, by the way, the Eagles are getting all this attention for the defensive players they've gathered from Georgia. Can we also note that the Steelers have now grabbed up George Pickens, mm-hmm. Darnell Washington, and Broderick Jones from the same offense that was back-to-back champs. So they've picked a few players as well. So this
1: it's monkey see, monkey do in the NFL.
2: Yeah. When in doubt, go to one of those top SEC schools.
1: But I think the bigger, I mean, it, it, look, that's a cool story, and I do think that there's definitely something to that Georgia-Philly connection, but it wasn't that long ago that you wouldn't think of Philly as like a premier franchise, and they had their moments with McNabb, and okay, all that stuff, but all of a sudden you know, they're kind of set up like you just said, to be a premier team in the NFC, you know, and I know Dallas is down there, you know, you know Jerry Jones is probably pulling what le- what's left of his hair out because he that's what he wants, you know, he wants to be America's team, but I, man, they're not even going to win their own division in the near future that I can see. Yeah. And Dallas kind of got the
2: uh, rug pulled out from them. I feel like because Buffalo traded up, took Dalton Kincaid, who I think Dallas was ready to take with the next. Just breaks my heart. Yeah.
1: Just (laughs) breaks my heart.
2: Uh, Well, how about the Steelers? What did we think of their draft? I think if you look at the analysts, they were all over the moon, you know, with with their picks.
1: I, I gave it a snap grade, you know, with all the caveats that, you know, we can think it's great and it's all compared to what our own expectations are right you know because we don't really know these what these players are going to be but how can you complain I mean you know we'll get to this later but you know you had a first you know their top pick and I had their top pick and they ended up with both of them so I mean you can't get any better than that from our perspective I mean both of us thought well this is great so but seriously I mean they hit every need when it was time to be aggressive they were aggressive um, when they wanted to get a couple more lottery tickets in the middle rounds, they did that. I, I just, I, man, on the face of it, I just don't know how you can be upset. Even the tight end pick, which at first I was like, what are they doing? And then I looked into it more. I'm like, oh, man, that's a lot of value for that guy that late. So. Yeah,
0: the thing that I you just said it, that I liked is they met the needs. They didn't do the the best player available. You know, they didn't do the Raiders thing where they draft some guy with four two speed and you know he's going to be some special teams. They didn't draft a kicker or like the. They didn't do anything stupid. They did everything that they should have done. Uh, they haven't drafted an offensive lineman in over twenty five years. It's the first time they've done that in the first round, which is kind of interesting. So it shows you they're committed to Kenny Pickett. Uh, they. They getting Joey Porter at 32, or was phenomenal. I'm a Penn State fan. I know there were some questions about his ability. You know, he's not a ball hawk, but I don't know if he's going to have to be a ball hawk in that defense i really don't he's he's long he's aggressive he's a big kid so i'm, I'm really excited about that they and it was great that they didn't tra- trade away that pick either because i don't know if porter jr would have been sitting there at 32
1: can i just say one thing about that about the ball hawk thing some of the greatest corners in the game were Dar- darrell revis was not a ball hawk because nobody ever threw that way <laughs> and i feel the same way at penn state we don't know if he's really a ball hawk because after the first couple games they just stopped wherever he was yeah. they just didn't go there they just absolutely shut that side of the field down so to me, that's a bigger compliment than any of the other stats is just how few pass attempts came his side of the field. Yeah, and you're
0: right. Franklin was actually defending him to that point. Franklin said, you know, if you go back and look at our game film, there's entire games where he's thrown to twice, three times. To- like he just shut down the entire side of that field. So you never know what you're going to get with any of these players again. It's all a crapshoot. You know, you look at any of the history of the Steelers draft. Sometimes you, you talk to play- guys, oh my gosh, they did so great. This year feels a little different, though. I think they really got a lot of value in a lot of a lot of their spots,
2: and that's what I was going to say. It, it just feels like they knew when to pounce and they didn't um, panic. So, uh, you know, in years past, they used to. I feel like with uh, Artie Burns, they needed a corner that year. They took him way too early. Same with the safety, Tremaine Edmonds um, or Terrell Edmonds. So it was it was a good year. They waited. They knew when to strike. They got in front of the Jets in the first round, which is funny because without that trade, that Aaron Rodgers trade, maybe this Roderick Jones isn't a Steeler today.
1: (laughs) All the crap we gave Aaron Rodgers and he ended up maybe (laughs) making the draft for the Steelers. The other thing i got to say is they did get pretty lucky. I mean, we talked about Detroit's pick. I think Atlanta took a running back high and everybody was kind of scratching their heads. There were three or four picks, I thought, before the Steelers and we were texting back and forth and I'm like, this is starting to really line up for Pittsburgh because they were in a situation, they could have had all these people off the board, and they they were in a good spot. What's interesting, too, is you look at a lot
0: of these draft picks, even quarterbacks, they're drafted for the future. Their first two picks are play now type of players. They're, they're going to be playing at the start of the season, which is really a great thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. In that division, you're going to need to protect Kenny Pickett because Jackson's there. You got, uh, obviously, the Bengals are loaded. Burrow's there. So they're going to need to protect their franchise quarterback, and they did that.
2: I loved what Mike Tomlin said about Omar Khan. He called him the con artist. Uh, hey, you know, he really showed his – I
1: mean, he put his own stamp on this. That was good. How about uh, some picks that made us say, huh? Huh? Well, I mean, I already, I already kind of came up with mine. I mean, that that Detroit pick just didn't make any sense to me. Um, it, it, the Atlanta pick didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, does Atlanta really think they're that close? Because I don't. I mean, a running back, and I said the same thing when the Giants took Saquon Barkley, and I was, I was, Barkley's awesome. Okay, but when you're that kind of a team, that's the last thing you should be drafting. It's like drafting a closer in baseball in the first round. It's like, what are you doing? You're not there yet.
2: Yeah, if you, unless you're close, I could understand it then.
1: Uh,
0: the one thing that the the team that I was I, I realize he's an unbelievable player, but Jordan Addison, the Vikings, do they really need weapons? I mean, yes, I get it, but they their defense is not good, and they they could win that division, right? I don't think Addison's the type of player that's going to win you. You need, you need defense, and they don't have it.
2: Now I'm going to push back a little bit there because I did like the pick. The only thing is I think they're going to have to outscore teams like 35 to whatever. if They're, they're gonna, trying to be the Lions from last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they'll be fun to watch anyhow.
1: <laughs> that whole division except for, well, you know, I don't know. Green Bay still thinks they're good. That might be an actually a very interesting division. Yeah.
2: Um, the one that maybe I would – question a little bit, is the Texans' choice to trade up? Oh, yeah. You know, they they were number 12, and then they went up to number three. So they took the quarterback at two, and everybody was questioning, are they going to go quarterback? Are they going to go defense? So they decided to do both. They took the quarterback at two. Then they traded up and took Will Anderson. Um, And to me, that was kind of questionable just because, like you said, Dave, you know, unless you're close – you don't really make moves like that
1: well and you better when you give that kind we we talked about this a couple weeks ago when you're doing that for a franchise quarterback okay i mean i still think it's a lot to give up but all right you know you're going to set yourself up for a decade i get it when you're doing that for an edge rusher that guy better be the next bruce smith or lt or something because if he busts you have really hurt yourself
2: yeah Yeah. and I, i feel like you know the the texans are not like a defensive player away their offense looks terrible can you guys name one receiver
1: on their team I haven't, to be fair, I haven't really studied it, but no, that's that's the point. (laughs) I mean, well, I didn't watch one
0: minute of the Texans, and I certainly am not going to watch them this year because it's now on YouTube as opposed (laughs) to the the Sunday ticket on direct TV. But
2: all right, well, we only have about a minute, minute and a half left here, but did you guys have one favorite pick from the Steelers in the draft?
0: My favorite pick was Sean Clifford. I oh. thought it was a phenomenal pick for the for the Packers in yep. the fifth round. Every he he has been saying over and over he believes that he's a pro quarterback. The Packers thought so as well. They said it's that Trace McSorley thing where he has moxie. Really cool thing too that the, the uh, Penn State now has had three of their, their last three quarterbacks drafted in the NFL draft, which hasn't happened in a very long time. So that's a good thing. And obviously Drew Aller is going to be drafted as well. So that's, and for Penn State as well. I just, I saw this, they, they showed this during the draft. Alabama, Georgia, OSU, and Penn State are the only four schools with at least five picks in the last six drafts. So that that's very good for Penn State, but I was happy for Sean Clifford, and you could see visibly how excited he was that he's going to be an NFL quarterback, and he has a chance to be a backup because their backup now is is a career practice squad guy.
1: Well, I mean, for the, for the Steelers, I I have to go with the Porter pick. I mean, I did I did predict it at seventeen, so when they took him at thirty-two, that seems like value to me. Um, obviously, that kind of worked out, but. I like the. I like the. I mean, I watched them a lot. He was a good corner. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, when we when we come back, we'll continue our post
2: draft analysis. We'll talk to Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Stay with us as we continue under review on Connect FM. We're back, and it's our pleasure to welcome Ray Fittipaldo back to the show, who covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Ray, thanks for coming on. How are you today? Uh, good to be on with you guys. I'm doing good. Good. Better in the weather, that's for sure. Hey, uh, <laughs> if you look at the expert analysis from this draft, it appears Omar Khan and the Steelers hit a home run. Do you share that sentiment?
3: Yeah, I think he did a really solid job. You know, I thought he, he addressed his top three needs with his first three picks, um, O-line, D-line, and corner. And then when you could trade back in the third round and still get a guy like Darnell Washington, who a lot of people thought was going to go in the second round, um, that's great value there. And then in the fourth round, they, they get outside linebacker Nick Herbig, um, who potentially could fill that backup role behind T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. So uh, not only did he address his needs, but he got value too. So I thought it was really, really solid on Omar's part.
2: Yeah, most people probably had Joey Porter, you know, gone in their mock drafts by the time the Steelers came around for their second-round pick. Um, Why do you think he fell?
3: You know, the the lack of turnover production might have been one thing. Um, You know, I know before uh, he came out as a junior, so I know freshman, sophomore year, um, you know, he did have some defensive holding penalties. But, you know, I thought he cleaned that up. So, you know, it must have been the turnover production. I, I think he's a pretty clean prospect. Otherwise, there's no medical issues. And uh, listen, you know, if he dropped from 15 to 31, I mean, half around for the Steelers to get him at 32. Um, you know, again, I, I thought that was that was uh, an easy pick for for Omar Khan and Mike Tallman to make. Um, I know they listened to offers um, overnight, you know, uh, Thursday and into Friday, but they never got anything that was really appetizing to them. So uh, you know, go ahead, take the best player on the board, and Joey Porter was obviously. Their best player at that point.
1: Uh, speaking of those offers, we, we were kind of curious since you were kind of on the inside a lot more than us up here in Dubois. Did you hear anything concrete about what offers they were getting for that pick?
3: You know, I think the Steelers, um, you know, there was a report, and I, I haven't been able to confirm this, that the best offer they got was just a fourth round pick to, you know, to, to move back a couple of spots. And, you know, if you're the Steelers, why would you do that, right? I mean, you, you have a need, a cornerback. Um, uh, go ahead and make the make the pick now. If they would have gotten a late second or an early third in return, you know, I, I think maybe they would have considered that. But if you're only going to get a fourth round pick, um, you know, just for moving back however many spots they were going to move back, I don't think it was worth it.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I guess my other question for you is, you know, Broderick Jones. You know he's going to fill a need at left tackle. I've seen some reports that say you know he he's super athletic, but he might need he might need a little bit of time. Do you see him as a a week one starter, or is he going to have to play into that? Or we, you know, do you really think that it's going to take uh, training camp to to sort that out?
3: Yeah, I mean I I think they will give him every opportunity in the spring and summer to earn that job. Um, when you use a high pick like that, you want that guy to be a day one starter. But listen, if he needs. A little bit more seasoning, and he's not re- ready. Um, you know, they got Dan Moore Jr., who's who's done it for the last two years. So I don't think they would hesitate if Broderick if Jones is not ready. But you know, sooner rather than later, Broderick Jones will be your starting left tackle, and I think Dan Moore will just ease into that swing tackle role. Um, you know, which for a fourth round pick, um, you know, I don't know what you are expecting. You know, he he started for two years almost out of necessity. I think if he ends up being a good swing tackle for you, that's you know that's a positive too,
0: yeah I was wondering uh what's what's Nate think of uh, his brother Nick now being a steeler, and also do you think they're gonna put some size on nick to 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 get him to fill that spot backing up uh, t j watt there
3: yeah, I mean he's only two forty, so I think he at least has to add ten pounds um and you know i I think that can be done over um you know six months or a year. I don't know if we'll get to two fifty by the time September gets here, but he's pretty late to play on the edge so. You know, if I had to project his role right now, he's a really good pass rusher. So maybe sub package um edge rusher, um you know, I don't know if you want to ask him to play base, set the edge in the running game. He's a little bit small to do that, but you know, if you can get some pass rush um uh, ability out of him, um you know, for pick number 132, I think that's good value. Yeah, the, the speaking of value,
0: the intriguing pick for me uh, at 241 was Trice. Could you tell our listeners a little more about him? Uh, I know uh when I saw that, because I'm a Penn State fan, I, I was familiar with him. Could you tell our listeners a little more about what your thoughts are on Corey Trice?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Trice is much uh, much like Joey Porter Jr. He's a big press corner. Um, you know, he's going to be physical. He likes to reroute receivers at the line of scrimmage. So um, that's the type of player he is. Um, now, he wasn't great in coverage um, away from the line of scrimmage, which prompted some people to believe, hey, maybe he can move to safety at some point, but You know, I think for the Steelers, we'll start him off a corner. We'll see what his skill set is, and then, hey, down the road, if he ends up being a safety, he's got the size, right? I mean, he's 6'3", he's over 200 pounds. I think he could easily become a safety if he can't play corner in the NFL.
2: We're talking to Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette getting his post-draft thoughts. Uh, Ray, what do you think we learned about Omar Khan and Andy Weidel from this draft?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Omar did a great job of trusting his staff. You know, he brought in Andy to, to set the board for him, to be his top evaluator, brought in Mark Sadowski, too, who he's known for a long time. So, you know, Omar is getting into the personnel side of things. I, I think he's he's trying to learn that side of the game. I think he's doing a good job at it. But when you surround yourself with good people the way he has and you just let let them do their thing, um, you know, I, I think that's the reason the Steelers are getting high grades. I mean, Andy has such a good reputation around the league. Um, um, you know, he set the board on these guys. So when, when, when you're picking guys like Keanu Benton um, with pick 49 and he's got a grade in the 30s or 40s, that's a pretty good job. So, I, you know, I think Omar, first and foremost, um, surrounded himself with, with good people, and I think, um, you know, that's the main reason he's getting a lot of praise right now.
1: Looking at some of the undrafted free agents they picked up after the draft, um, do any of those really stick out to you? And I'll just throw out there that the kicker from Clemson, that potter, makes me wonder if they're looking at the end of the, the Boswell era.
3: Well, Boswell still has some guaranteed money on that contract, but uh, he, he's coming off a bad year. You know, I, I think it's smart to bring up some competition for him, and um, at the very least, you, you see what this guy is. So if Boswell does struggle, and you can go ahead and bring him back at some point. If another team, uh, uh, you know, p- doesn't pick him up, um, the one intriguing guy for me is Derek Watt wasn't re-signed, and it looks like Connor Haver is going to become the fullback. But they got this—they uh, uh, signed this fullback from Iowa, who's a really good special teams player. You know, and listen, you know, if he comes from Iowa, you know he's going to know how to play football and um, attack in the running game. So that—I uh, think his name's Pot-a-bomb. Uh That's, that's one right. undrafted free agent I'm going to keep an eye on next weekend at rookie minicamp.
0: I know you're covering the draft. You're following it as closely as anybody there in Pittsburgh. Is there anything you would have done differently, or do you feel they, they, I mean, they did meet their three big needs. Is there anything maybe you would have changed or tweaked about what their draft was this year?
3: No, not really. You know, this this was not a deep draft for defensive ends. So, you know, I, I mentioned Keanu Bennett. He's more of a nose tackle who's going to bump out and play some three technique in, in sub packages. But, you know, I, I think if the one thing they didn't get in this draft was that eventual replacement for Cam Hayward. They couldn't get that big defensive end who's um, you know, gonna learn the trade behind him and hopefully someday take over for him. But, you know, Keon White was off the board, I think, four or five picks before they got Benton. You know, Brian Brzee went ended up going in the first round. There were really only like three or four of those premier defensive ends in this draft. So they didn't get one early. They settled for Keanu Benton. I still think Benton's gonna be a good player, but there is that question mark down the road.
2: Is there a team, Ray, that you thought really nailed the draft as well? And, and you know, we were talking about the Eagles, how they loaded up on Georgia players. Any other teams stand out to you?
3: Um, you know, I just watching the AFC North, um, you know, I thought the Ravens were smart by trying to surround Lamar Jackson with another receiver. Um, they picked Zay Flowers in the first round. I, I know it hasn't worked out for them with receivers in the past, but I give them credit. We're trying to build around Lamar after he was uh, after he signed his contract. And then, you know, the Browns didn't have a pick until, what, the second or third round, but they did get Juan Jones. And DeWan Jones was a guy who had a first or second round grade by a lot of draft analysts. Um, I know there's some issues with his weight, but you can't teach 6'9", 360, or whatever he is. So, um, you know, I, I thought the Browns, for that point in the draft, I mean, fourth round, he turns out, you know, that he that he's not a good player, so what? But if he could ever realize his potential, that might be a really, really good pick for the Browns.
1: So sticking inside the division, but going outside the draft a little, now the Lamar Jackson saga is finally over, would you have signed him to that contract? I mean, I don't mind the length, but $52 million a year. And I know that's kind of the going rate, but, man, that's a lot of money.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I don't know if they had a choice. You know, it was either sign into that contract or start over. And, um, you know, they probably made the, the, the right decision. But, again, it's hard to build a good roster around the guy who's making $52 million a year. There's only so much salary cap money to go around. So they're going to be really challenged in the coming years to keep their best talent around him. So, they, you know, they better win now. If they can't get it done in the next year or two when that cap hit is, is fairly reasonable, they're going to have a tough time winning
2: uh, we got about a minute left here, Ray, but I was just curious, based on this draft and the offseason moves that we've seen, do you feel like you have a pretty good idea of how the Steelers want to play this year? It seems like they want to go back to smash mouth football.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at the guys they add: Broderick Jones, big dude, um, Darnell Washington, 6'7", 6, 6'8", 6, 264. They got him uh, you know, to be a force in the running game. So, I, yeah, I think they wanted to fortify the lines of scrimmage, get back to playing some some old-school football, and, you know, I think we'll see how it goes. You know, they did improve their running game last year. Um, They were, you know, bad in 2021. They kind of middle of the pack last year. I think they're looking to maybe get into the top 10 and, you know, make that the focal point of their offense.
2: Ray, we really appreciate it. Before we let you go, do you want to tell our listeners how can they find your work?
3: Yeah, uh, www.post-gazette.com. You can also find me on Twitter at RayFit1.
2: All right, we really do appreciate it. Thanks so much, Ray. All right,
3: appreciate it, guys.
2: It was a great talk with Ray Fittipaldo, and we have a lot more coming here on Under Review, so we want you to stick with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NBA and the NHL playoffs. Don't go anywhere
4: games are supposed to happen as well. Calder Sport taking on St. Mary's while Johnsonburg will play Elk County Catholic if those games take place. And that is this week's local youth sports beat on Connect FM sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. As a contractor, I not only have to quote jobs, work jobs, then do all the bookkeeping. Frankly, I'm good at hanging drywall, not this. Let Rockwell Business Services handle the bookkeeping side of your business while you focus on handling everything else. Rockwell specializes in contractor and trade professionals. When you outsource to Rockwell, you can increase cash flow and profits and really see how you're
1: doing with monthly financial reports. Go to Rockwell Business Services RockwellBusinessServicesLLC.com.
4: In olden times, the paper boy would deliver the newspaper every morning. Now, if you still get one, the newspaper might come in the mail. Yesterday's news today, or tomorrow, the way the mail has been lately. Tri-County Insider brings you local news from Jefferson, Clearfield, and Elk Counties every weekday at noon, like clockwork. Local news from local people. You can subscribe at tricountyinsider.com. Heart failure, carpal tunnel syndrome, shortness of breath, stomach issues, lower back pain. How does it all add up? If you have heart failure and any of those seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, it's time to
2: talk with your cardiologist and get the full picture. They may add up to transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy. ATTRCM is a rare and underdiagnosed disease. Recognize the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's
0: connectwithyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer.
4: When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies Advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies Advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. And you can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports.
2: Second round of the NBA and NHL playoffs are underway. There's lots of story time storylines to follow here. Let's throw Dia Bone and
1: start with the NBA. <laughs> I know he's been chomping at the bit here. He hasn't been with us for a while. But before we do, okay. I said that I would come on here and and do a mea culpa. <laughs> I blasted the whole play in concept. I said that none of these, you know, in the NBA, none of these teams ever advance and it was always the top seeds and it was just a money grab. And I still think it's a little bit of a money grab, but I was wrong because a playing team won. The top seeds have been getting upset left and right. It's kind of chaos in the NBA. So you were right for this year.
0: Hey. You know, listen, the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs this year have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, major upsets uh, for both uh, sports uh, organizations. The NBA, though, I've watched a lot more of it, obviously, the, now that the Penguins are out. Admittedly, I don't pay as much attention to the NHL other than, you know, when things get really serious. Once they get to the finals, then I'll watch pretty much every one of those games. But the 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 performance that stood out to me, obviously, is was Jimmy Butler. Um, Jimmy Butler's clearly an all-star he's not no one ever mentions jimmy butler in the regular season as being an mvp candidate or even a lot of times he's not even mentioned in the top 10 of the nba um, what he did against the Bucks was historic. Fifty-six points, I saw. Unbelievable. Uh, he single-handedly put his team on his back. You know, two nights he had ninety-eight points in two games. He shot over sixty percent in games four and five. That's never been done in NBA history. Um, and he, he went. He had nine boards in game four, and he had eight boards in, in game five. He had. He drove that game into overtime. Now Giannis was hurt. Giannis clearly wasn't the same player. But the Bucks were the odds-on favorite. I picked them to come out of the East. A lot of people did. Uh, I, I watched almost every game for the Bucks because my son and I really love watching Giannis because he's such a class act. I was very surprised that the Heat beat them. I wasn't surprised that the Lakers beat the Grizzlies.
1: Now the, you were on that. You are on that. You got to give you credit for
3: that.
0: Yeah, the Lakers really. And right now, I'm, the Lakers are going to win this series as well. They're going to beat the Warriors. The Warriors—that's a bad matchup for them. The Lakers are, are, are much larger than the Warriors, and if the, the Warriors—they had three players that hit six threes. Or they're not. Jordan Poole's not going to do that type of stuff. Clay can get hot. It's just it's. It's matchup problems. It shows like my Cavs, right? The Cavs got smoked by the Knicks. Almost every analyst predicted the Cavs in five or six. Very few people predicted the Knicks to be where they are, but now you have a Knicks heat matchup, which, which last night's game was great as well.
1: Well, and I and I don't know much about the, most of these NBA rosters, but I do know one thing that I think holds for most sports, and it goes back to an old boxing adage, the styles make the fights. And when you get the right matchups or the mm-hmm. wrong matchups, and I saw some of that in the hockey, we'll get to that later, but it's the same thing, what you're talking about. You know, Golden State is the right matchup for LA and the wrong matchup for Golden State, probably. Yep. Yes. And you've got two legends, aging legends there, that you don't know how many more chances either of them are going to get. So that, to me, is the premier series of the second round. Not because I think either of those teams is, oh, they're awesome, but it's kind of like the Penguins. It's like, you got to watch them while you can because they're not going to be around in five years, probably. No, absolutely not. And Steph in game seven scores 50. These these guys are special.
0: I say this all the time to people that don't watch the NBA. Around here, the NBA isn't as popular because we, simp- we don't have a team. Right? Younger kids really watch the NBA because the league is superstar-driven. Watch the NBA. I mean, it, it is unreal what these guys are doing. Uh, a friend of mine sent me uh, – uh, Dan Baronic actually sent me a thing Larry Bird said about the old players versus the current players. And Bird was defending the current players saying, you know, People saying they're soft and all this load management and things like that. These guys are the most extraordinary athletes of all the athletes in all professional sports organizations. These guys are just built differently.
1: When I and I'm, I want to go on a little tangent to kind of back up his point. I've only ever been to one NBA game. It was I was in Philly for training, and so we got tickets to go see Cavs versus Sixers in 2008. So this is young, young LeBron. Mm-hmm. No team running the team around him was horrid. Yes. Okay, and I watched him, and I've watched a lot of sports. I was a big Penguins fan. I've watched hockey, baseball, football, all of it. I have never seen a player that just when he decided to turn it on, he would take over that game for 10 minutes. He would That's take right. it over, and then he'd go back to the perimeter and kind of hang around. Then he'd get the census his team. And this is just a nothing game in the middle of December. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not playoffs. And I left there, and I was like, that guy is unbelievable. He was just so different than everybody else on the court. That's and right. he drug that team to a win, and without him, they lost by forty. I'm, I, you'll you'll never convince me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, uh, and again, I, we mentioned
0: the NHL. I was I was dead wrong. I I said on this show repeatedly that Boston was going to steamroll through everybody mm-hmm. else. Boy, was I wrong!
2: Sounds like the Bucks are kind of like the the Bruins of the NBA by what you talked about.
0: Yeah, really. It that Boston game that was so exciting. I thought Florida was dead in the water. They, was a what it was a minute or so left and then they hey, they, they got, were up 2 nothing early and then they blew it and then they what a game I mean and I, I'm not a fan of Boston sports I lived up that way for a while and those fans are insufferable it was great to see Florida. I don't think Florida's got the juice
1: to maybe but I don't think so either but last <laughs> night they they look pretty good yeah. um I don't know I mean are, are we do you, are we flipping over to NHL yet I mean oh yeah we can go yeah no, I, I don't wanna, I don't want to steal your because I, I haven't more about the NBA,
0: NBA. here in punt a, a for review okay uh, but yeah I uh, no the, the NHL as well it's um, and actually the ratings for both are up hmm. the NHL's ratings are significantly up and uh, the NBA ratings are significantly up as well so you know a lot of the fans who said we're not going to watch these organizations we're not going to watch these no, people are watching.
2: Well, and before we uh, preview the second round here in the NHL, I do want to talk about that President's Cup curse. I don't know if there's such a thing in the NBA, but in the NHL, that thing is real.
0: It's got to be real. I don't
1: understand why any team would push now for 60 wins or more. Every time they do that, they end up in trouble every single time. And we missed something, by the way, and, and I just thought of it really yesterday, and that's that if we were, any team was going to beat Boston, it probably would have been Florida because this just happened to them last year. They were the surprise great team out of nowhere that got beat. I think it was the second round, but still, you know, they, they didn't look right. And, and so they have, you know, I know they made some changes, but there's still a ton of talent on that Florida team, especially up front. I don't like their defense very much, but I really like their forwards. And, you know, you let a team hang around and hockey, you know, you can be outplayed and if it's a one goal difference like that Florida game, and, and I'll tell you, when that goal went in at the end of regulation, they came out and Boston just looked – they looked like they were beat. I think that would. they knew that that was it. Um, I think that was it for Bergeron, just the way he acted at the end of – you know, after the game, I, I, I think he's hanging him up. And he's, he's the one guy on that team I absolutely adore, so that's sad. Um, I'll tell you what, the other thing we've got to say about the NHL, every cup winner in the last 15 years is gone. Every single team that won a cup since 2008 is not in these playoffs. You're going to get somebody who either has never won a cup or hasn't won a cup in a very, very long time. So that's, that's very interesting to me. And the final thought I have overall is that youth has been served. I mean, most of the teams that relied on older players more, often, more than not got beat. And a team like New Jersey, who all of us kind of gave up for dead, man, did they look good those last five games. I mean, I watched game seven and they skated the Rangers into the ground. Well, the Bruins, back
2: to them real quick. They only lost seven games at home all season. They lost three games at home during the first round of that playoff. That's crazy. Never read, that,
0: that, isn't that crazy? The, the, the one thing that I, I've always been frustrated about with the, with the Stanley Cup playoffs is how they put their whistles away. I get it. I do. It, it's a much more physical style of play. You know, but they... They refuse to let the stars shine. There's so much that the the NHL could learn from all other sports organizations. They need to learn from the NFL to obviously protect the quarterbacks and the the NBA to protect their stars. The NHL, I, I will say it for as long as I watch hockey, you see a lot of goals from players who aren't, You watch these games, an average fan isn't watching for headshots and for clutching and grabbing, and they still can't seem to get out of their own way, even in the playoffs.
2: Oh well, look at Jacob Truba the other other night. Took out Timo Meyer. That's yes. No penalty. No penalty call. And, Nothing. And and the old guards are parsing, you know, the, the tape and looking and splitting hairs. Did he did he lead with his shoulder? Did he hit him in the head? Well, he definitely hit him in the head. Yeah, it's just this. And that's the thing.
1: Did he hit him in the head? Yes. And that should, so, yeah, and, and until they change that rule, because I, I I admit, by the way that they call that rule now. It unfortunately, I think they got it right, quote unquote, right under their current system. But that tells me their system sucks, because if you line up somebody like that and hit him square in the face, you should be ejected. And 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 football figured this out, you know, the NBA figured this out. And why can't we figure this out in hockey? Is it going to take somebody? I mean, somebody broke their neck. I can't remember who it was. Is it going to take somebody getting paralyzed again? Is that what it's going to take before they they figure out that you can't just go around doing this? I saw somebody the other day. It wasn't that they turned. They were against the boards, playing the puck, and somebody came like halfway across the ice and boarded them. And I'm like... That should be an ejection. That was so obvious. I mean, he had all the time in the world to turn away from that. And these, the thing they always,
0: you know, some of these players, I mean, the Penguins have had dirty players as well with Casparitis and, you know, and Matt Cook. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, these oh. dirty players know exactly what they're doing, and a lot of times it's repeat okay. offenders, and, and they just they just get away with it in the NHL, and I, I really wish they wouldn't because you know, the, the open style of play that you see overseas or when you watch the Olympics is the style of hockey I think that would, most American fans would really appreciate as opposed to this goonery, which – I realize I'm not fighting in the playoffs, but again, it's it's a it's a slog sometimes, which it
1: shouldn't be that way. It, sometimes it is, and it's still – look, everything we've said I think is valid, but I do have to say it's better. Scoring is better. There are more power plays than there were a few years ago. It's still a trend. I looked, for, I looked at this this week. Game one, game two, they're calling penalties probably more than the regular season. And then by game five, game six, and game seven, I watched a bunch of game sevens this week, and I saw several trips. The referee just looked right at it, and I'm like – Dude, you got to call that. I I don't care if it's yeah. Game Seven. You got to call that. And, I mean,
0: and, think of it this way, Dave. If you're watching the World
1: Series, right? Dumps don't change their zones. No. Right. Well, it's like that call at the end of the the Super Bowl, and we we talked about it. But you know what? A hold is a hold is a hold. And I respected the heck out of that guy, and I respected the heck out of that defensive back who said, you know what? I held him. Yeah. Yes, that's what it should be. It shouldn't yeah. be blame, You know, deciding to let him play, which is code for let him cheat. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, let's preview a little bit of the second round here. We got the, uh, in the Eastern Conference, the Maple Leafs and the Panthers. Of course, the Panthers took game one last night. And then we got the Devils and the Hurricanes. So just give me your thoughts on either series and who you think might
1: win those. Well, I, I like I like the Maple Leafs. I mean, I think everything is lined up for Toronto. I mean, they, they got they got outplayed and got a little bit lucky and beat the Lightning, and they haven't had that kind of luck in 20 years. And I thought, man, now they're getting the eighth seed. But they went out last night. Now, They did not have the luck. If you looked at the statistics, they outplayed Florida by a pretty hefty edge, but it seemed like every time they gave up a two-on-one, it was in their net. Bobrovsky looked pretty darn good. I still like Toronto in a a six- or seven-game series there, Um, but that's an exciting series, and I think, you know, Austin Matthews is really going to have his moment to shine here uh, outside of just um, Canada. Now, I look at that other series, I'm super intrigued by that because you've got the young, basically the young version of the Penguins and the Devils from like the 07 Penguins that this team just reminds me they're fast, they're young, they're skilled. They don't, they're not, they're not scarred enough to know when they're down 2-0 that they can't, you know, they're not supposed to come back like that. Versus Carolina, who frankly can't score goals really at all and are all beat up and injured up front, but they don't give you anything. I mean, they give up one, two goals every single game.
2: Well, I'll say this. The uh, Hurricanes scored 16 goals in their series, six games. The Devils only scored 17 in seven games. So even though they're skating hard and they're playing fast and stuff, you know, they're not really
1: scoring yeah, yet either. they play I mean, look, New, the Rangers are a darn good team. We know what Shesterkin can do. We saw it last year. So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I, are the Devils going to be patient enough against Carolina because if Carolina gets up two goals on you you're not coming back against them like you did against New York sometimes I just think that's fascinating I actually think that Carolina probably win that series I just think I just think every good team seems to have to lose before they come back to win you can go the whole way back to the Gretzky Oilers it just seems to be the pattern and I just don't think that they're they're quite there yet
0: yeah, I, I actually picked Carolina over New Jersey as well. Just I think my hatred of the Devils stems from watching <laughs> them clog up the neutral zone for most of my adult life against the Penguins. Um, and then I, I I picked Toronto over Florida. So, Toronto, I think it's one of those great stories. They haven't been there in so long, and you gotta believe. I mean, I know they all want it, but you gotta believe that they want it more. You know, and, and there are certain. I'm not a. I've been to Toronto many times over the past couple of years. They're obsessed with hockey up there. It'd be such a good story to have the Maple Leafs you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's that's why I'm picking them. Carolina, they proved it all year. You know, New Jersey is a younger team, but I just think Carolina's got the experience.
1: Carolina will not beat themselves. If New yep. Jersey wins, it'll they'll have to earn it. Well, the one problem for Carolina, they have a lot
2: of injuries. Yep, that's
1: that's the only that's the big X factor.
2: So I, I'm going to pick the Devils in that series and the Maple Leafs in the other. Uh, Out west, we got the Kraken and the Stars. The Kraken, Kraken. yeah, they continue to impress, uh, winning last night in overtime. Even though Joe Pavelski, you know, came found the fountain of youth. He scored four goals last night. And then we got the Knights and the Oilers. Thoughts on those series and your predictions?
1: Well, Knights Oilers, I think is the premier series of this round. I mean, the Oilers looked so good to me. I mean, they were just toying with the penalty kill for the Kings. We talked about that a little bit. The Kings were a pretty good defensive team, and and Edmonton just looked like men among boys. So that Vegas team is good. So this will be a really good test for them. I'm looking for the first games tonight, I think. I'm really looking forward to watching that. And then this Kraken team, I, I mean, they shouldn't be this good, man, especially with McCann Hurt. I, they shouldn't be this good. Dallas is a really strong defensive team. I watched that game last night. Next thing I know, it's 4-2. to two. They scored two goals within 11 seconds. And I'm texting one of my friends in Seattle. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? I mean. <laughs> you have a friend in Seattle? Yeah. Well, yeah. He actually, uh, uh, it's a long story. He's a, <laughs> he, a, a Pittsburgh person who moved to Seattle. But. Nice. Nice. Um, Yeah, I'm rooting
0: for Edmonton just because of the star power I mentioned. Uh, I think any any hockey fan, if you've never watched Connor McDavid play, watch Edmonton just to watch him. The guy is... Right now, he's the best player in the world. He's doing things that other players simply can't do. Uh, he's putting on a show every time he steps on the ice, so he's fun to watch. So that's why I'm rooting for them. I, I, I'm going to pick them in six. Uh, and I'm rooting for the Kraken simply because, if I'm being honest, guys, I really don't know a lot about Dallas. Um, it, there's only so many hours in a day. I don't pretend to know a lot about the Dallas Stars, but I'm rooting for the Kraken. I feel like a little kid. I'm rooting for them simply because they have a cool logo and a cool It, it is a cool
1: logo. Yeah. I, I, since we did, we are making picks, I did, I, I did take, and I'm sticking with that, Dallas, I think the Kraken played as well as they could play last night and almost blew it. Um, Dallas, is they've just got a better balance, I think. And, and Ottinger had an off, off night. Yeah, and that's pretty rare.
2: Yeah, so I, I like the Stars in that series too. Uh, one thing about the Kraken, they're getting a lot of goal scoring from many different players. Uh, Fifteen players have scored, which is the most in the playoffs. They're just a highly competitive, deep team. you got to like how they're built. Uh, and as far as the Knights and the Oilers go, I didn't think the Knights were that great to be honest with you coming into the playoffs. I do like the Oilers in this series, which means the golden Knights will probably win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with a further review. Stay with us on connect FM. It's under review sports talk.
4: Smith Timbering and consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy Mark and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Hey, Pirates fans, you hear that? That's right, it's a Zembelli fireworks night. Join us at PNC Park Saturday, May 6th. After the Bucs take on the Toronto Blue Jays at 635, we're going to light up that beautiful Pittsburgh skyline with an epic Zembelli fireworks display. Get your tickets today on the MLB Ballpark app or at pirates.com fireworks. Trust us, you don't want to miss it. Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois finally, a weekly local sports show that you've always wanted. Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM. Get the latest on your favorite local sports teams here. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Next Year Bank is a proud supporter of all area sports in Du Bois. Bank anywhere, anytime, all on your terms with Next Year Bank's online and mobile banking solutions. Helping local families and businesses achieve their financial goals for over a century. Liberty Boulevard, Du Bois and at NextYearBank.com Your Community Bank. History is happening before our very ears. The media will never report honestly. They hate Trump. And it's tough to know who to believe. Obviously. Until now, Bill O'Reilly is back. Weekday mornings at 710 on Connect FM or on our smartphone app or ConnectRadio.fm or ask Alexa to play Connect FM Dubois. 99.7 W259 DC Du Bois and 96.7 WCCH Ruckton. Now let's go back to under review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing.
2: We're back with our upon further review segment. We have done this for a couple of weeks because D was out of the lineup and it just didn't feel the same, but it's nice to have us all back together and uh, and be able to share our stories. So, why don't we go the other way around the horn this time? We'll start with D since he's been waiting so long here.
0: Yeah, uh I I was talking about Jimmy Butler just in awe watching him perform against the the Bucks and again, just to reiterate, you, you read his stat line in the five games. Uh game 1, 35 points. Game two, 25 points. Game three, 30, four, game four, 56. And game five, 42. All-time historic performance to knock the number one seed out as an eight seed. Uh, I'd like to ask you guys, you know, as far as playoff performances are concerned, again, that's one of them. What are some of your favorite all-time playoff performances, regardless of the sport?
1: Oh, man. Man, that's a tough one. That, that's really hard. That's if a good question. You Dave, Dave? That is a
2: good question. How <laughs> about, like, I was just thinking about Kurt Schilling. Help me with the details. You remember the Bloody, bloody sock. sock? Yeah, yeah. Bloody
1: yeah. 04, Bloody Sock. That's a good one. Um, I'll tell you, I, it's hard for me to go away from what Madison Bumgarner did in 2014. Do you remember, I don't know if you remember this. Oh, but, I was there. Well, I was there too. Yeah. We came in. And, well, not just that game. Yeah, doing the one whole, game is fine, but yeah. that whole playoffs. <laughs> He he shut out Pittsburgh, and I think his ERA was around one or thereabouts. It was really low. It was unhittable. He just went, he just ripped through the whole playoffs. It's hard to get a whole lot better than that. Um, the, I can think of some other baseball things. I can I can think of you know what Mario Lemieux did in ninety one ninety two. I mean he was just he's he was McDavid is the closest thing we've seen to Lemieux since Lemieux, but he wasn't he's not Lemieux. Lemieux was just ridiculous. Is that the year that he scored the iconic goal in against the North Stars? Well that would have been ninety one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, But ninety two, I mean both years you look at his stats and he was averaging almost two points a game, which is just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and getting and the crap beat out of them oh, as well. I mean, for goodness sake, yeah. The, the the ones I mean, you look in the NFL. There's there's almost too many to list. How many historic performances we've all witnessed watching the playoffs? I mean, just was it was it last year, two years ago with Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes? That that was one of the single most exciting football games I've ever watched, and either team could have won that game. Um, you know, in the NBA, I, we were mentioning earlier the flu game. You look at what Jordan did. Jordan had several you know, NBA. You playoff historic performances what LeBron did coming back 3-1 against the Warriors that, that's one, that one sticks out yeah you know, that, that it, people that block he had to, to really it's there's a lot of different things when you think about it and at this time of year we're so fortunate to be able to watch so many great performances
2: yeah i can barely remember what i ate for breakfast let alone all those great performances but that is an awesome question one i'll be pondering and we'd love to hear from you guys on on our facebook page too if you have an idea for that one
1: i'm sure we're forgetting a bunch yeah definitely well dave what do you got well i i kind of previewed this with you guys um you know the big question i have for you is which is better april (laughs) or october and they both come with their own Awesomeness. I mean, and we're in you know, April, baseball is everybody's got hope. You know, it's springtime, it's wonderful. We got the playoffs starting, you got the masters if you're into golf, you got NBA playoffs firing up, you got the draft for those like Bob who thinks that's a second Christmas. You already <laughs> know well, my answer. <laughs> so April is great. Uh, but then you get October, and you know, for us baseball people, you got baseball playoffs, which are like everything great about baseball just put on, you know, crank to eleven. Uh, hockey starts, basketball starts, the NFL is really cranking it up. Uh, That, to me, I spend, I think, more time watching sports in October just because there's just literally so much going on, especially, and and I think you know this, Bob, and I'm sure you feel this way about the NBA, even though it's the beginning of the regular season, there's something exciting about those first few games before you get into that, well, there's three games this week, Eh, maybe I can miss that one thing. But my answer is April, but it's close. Uh, on, I think the NFL draft and what the
0: NFL has done to push it over the edge—it is like a second Christmas. And again, I, you go by what ratings say, and you go by, you know, what a lot of the, a lot of the the bigger columnists write about, and a lot of what the talking heads talk about. The NFL draft is bigger now than any other sporting event except the Super Bowl. It gets better ratings than any other sport. I mean, think about that. When we were growing up as kids. Did you, did anybody ever talk about the NFL draft when we were kids? No one ever talked about I know you that. went to one, didn't you? I, we used to go to a lot of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, it, it was great. Um, they used to have it at Radio City Music Hall every year and they were free tickets. Uh, the one year we actually got VIP tickets. we That's a long story, but that for another time, but which we stumbled into it. We, we just got lucky. But you used to wait outside Radio City Music Hall and if you st- waited out by the door, they gave you just they gave you free tickets to go in. And it was unbelievable. And then I went when it was in Cleveland a couple of years ago, and it had weather like we've had around here. It was a complete downpour. So that worked in our favor. A friend of mine and I went, and we were able to get right up front um, because there was there weren't as many people there. It wasn't like Kansas City this year where there were over 100,000 people. Cleveland was expecting that because it was down by the stadium and where the Rock Hall is. But it was just the weather was absolutely brutal. But, yeah, I'd say April, though, to answer Dave's question.
2: And I'll agree. I love the, uh, the NFL draft, obviously. I love the start of the NHL playoffs. I feel like there's no better playoffs than the NHL playoffs. And I just love this time of year. It's nice to get down to the park. You see activity again. You know the. Well, the normally when
0: it's not 39 yeah, degrees right. and yeah. raining out, yeah, yeah, probably, like, you know. your point baseball, is valid. Yeah, playing baseball last night in uh, 37 degree weather with rain. Don't get, even. I was. I was going to bring that lost. up. Oh,
1: don't even. Don't even get me started. I don't. I really don't want to make any trouble tonight. <laughs> Hey, D, we got
2: an answer from a listener here. Uh, Jay Philippone texted me, said, Willis Reed, New York Knicks, oh, 1970, 1970 game. Seven. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I, to Willis that, see. I'd like to say, Jay, I was negative I was
1: yeah. 12 in 1970. I, I think we have to can, kind of keep it to when we were alive because, uh, <laughs> yeah. I do remember reading about that. And, and it's the same thing. You know, Lynn Swan had a great Super Bowl, what was against Dallas in 78, I think. I, I don't, I wasn't, I mean, I was alive, but I was just a baby. So. Uh, for mine, I want to go back to the draft just one more time,
2: guys. Just one more time. Oh, what back. a shock. Yeah. Darnell Washington. We didn't get to talk a lot about him. He was the third-round pick, the big tight end out of Georgia. Uh, I read a little bit about his story, which I think is pretty cool. He's one of eight siblings. His father left when he was six years old, so he spent a few years bouncing around from foster home to foster home. His uh, He reunited with his mother eventually. Went to several elementary schools and middle schools. Um he often ate his classmates' leftovers during lunch. Imagine, you know, being that big of a kid and you're hungry all the time. Uh, <clears throat> and there was a stretch during high school where he slept in his in in a, in a U-Haul. So um, after his family was evicted, so I just love his stories and he's going to be an easy guy to root for. And I and I just wanted to share a quick quote that he said too. He said, "I'd also say treat the people that you want to be to be treated like." Like myself, he said, growing up, I didn't have anything named brand, never had Jordans until I got to high school. And that was way late. I'd never had anything um, up to date. I don't even think I had a cell phone, he said. So of course, being a kid in school, he got made fun of for those things. So I just think it's a good lesson for all of us. Don't judge a book by its cover. And, And Darnell Washington, I'm rooting for you, buddy.
1: Well, just a reminder, you know, we're sitting here, we all have good jobs, and you know, this is our playtime, we come in here and we talk about sports, these are first world problems, man, I mean, we we have no idea what what that guy's went through, and we've all had some adversity in our lives, but my goodness, and I hear about, you know, I hear foster home, and and with my day job, I kind of deal with that world a little bit more than I ever did before, and I'll tell you what, it's a sad sad situation that some of these kids find themselves in. And so many people never get out of it. And yeah,
0: Bob, I appreciate you sharing that story. I actually didn't know that about Washington. So yeah, it's, um, that's something I'd like to share. You know, I always try and tell my children that I think they're you know pretty fortunate. My wife and I try and do our best to give them everything we could possibly give them. And, you know, sometimes all kids, including my own, you know, they need to be reminded that there are people out there that are far less fortunate than they are. So that I appreciate you sharing that story. Good story.
2: Sure. So we're uh, almost time to it's almost time to get lost the Buccos are coming up here at the what quarter after six so we're hoping that they can bounce back here tonight um guys thoughts on that series real quick we only have about a minute or two till we
1: well both teams are playing over their head i mean obviously i think pittsburgh more than tampa but nobody nobody's gonna end up as good as tampa's pace right now so i I think the bucks will win one of these next two and if you take one out of three just don't get swept that's my thing
0: yeah Um, that's that's it if keller's pitching I think if he pitches the way he's been pitching, they have a really good shot. They're a good baseball team, and they're doing it the way that we had talked about earlier in the season. Uh, Greg Brown was talking about how the rules changes are going to benefit them faster team. You know, they're they're timely hitting. All these things are coming into play for the Buccos. Yeah, just if they win one, they're fine. They're on pace to win over ninety games.
1: Well, and the, and just hang around over five hundred. The Cavalry's coming from the minors. But one thing I will say, and Henry Greg, Davis
0: blasting down. The yeah, economy. I
1: know. But uh, Greg, Greg Brown brought this up last night. Tampa gave them a piece of their own medicine. I don't know if you guys watched the game, I but they, they were they were playing our game only better, yeah. and so that was interesting to see.
0: Well, they're playing in that
1: ugly arena, Oh, though, man, yeah, the I one mean, ball was lost. That place is horrible. It's, it's No wonder nobody ever goes to watch them there.
2: All right, well, we're just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back for our Get Lost segment on Under Review on Connect FM. Crime this, crime that,
1: fulfillment centers, Packages delivered to your door are all nice and people love the convenience of online shopping,
4: but... It's best to go right to the store and shop local. Not only will you support the local economy, but you bring it home the same day. That makes local shops more sustainable and you get fresher, more unique products and produce. Plus, shopping is fun.
1: Trying on clothing, smelling candles, meeting the owners and
4: creators, and grabbing lunch and dinner to complete the experience. So support your neighbors and let's get shopping at local businesses like Brady Street Florist on Brady Street in downtown Dubois. The Floor Show on Dubois Street. Two Birch Winery on Brady Street next to Merle Norman. Tony Kobacki Barber Barbershop next to Joe's Tuck Shop. And Esther's Hair Haven next to Prontox Beer Distributors. Shop local first. All across the area. Shop here first. With Sunny 106 and Connect FM. You can catch the Pirates all season long on Connect FM, your only local news radio, 96.7 and 99.7 FM. And AM 1420, WCED Dubois hi this is gordon deal thursday on this morning america's first news chief justice john roberts is battling to keep politics out of the supreme court but democrats are not making it easy we'll explain also whether it's walmart in chicago or nordstrom in downtown san francisco retailers are leaving urban areas here are their reasons and financial commandments you can break without the guilt thursday on this morning america's first news because news matters now more than ever. 997 967 Connect FM.
1: I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using it. I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I just want to tell him it's not your fault.
4: Call Quit Drugs 321 now. 800-324-1524. 800-324-1524. That's 800-324-1524. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
2: All right, so we're back, and we're up against the Buccos, so we're just going to get lost here, guys. Uh, D, start us off.
0: I want to say hashtag get lost to Jackson Mahomes, and also hashtag get lost to this terrible weather for these kids to play baseball in.
1: Well, it has been terrible, and as an umpire, it's just so frustrating. My my hashtag get lost, i got to call out my friend Fred who is the biggest Bruins fan (laughs) in the world and somehow decided that it's okay not to watch game seven to try to protect his own emotional. And when I said that he was getting a a shout out, he said, that's fine. I still wouldn't watch the game.
2: (laughs) Well, I told him he was one for two because he likes the Devils too. Get lost, uh, Jacob Truba and get lost, Brad Marchand. Thank you. Uh, It's always good to see them lose. Uh, Let's hope the Buccos get back on track. Thanks for joining us again on Connect FM. We'll see you next week for Under Review.